This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halos. Between being on Zoom calls all day, having to wear a mask everywhere, and now using your eyes and your eyes only to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite line of brow products that are so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, you can have the most amazing brows ever. They have an amazing range of products from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, and gels. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast. It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected. Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi. Hey, this is Emily. And this is Bridget. And you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. Today, we are tackling a topic that is pretty hot button. Oh, it's I, hot right I now. Think. Uh, <laughs> we are talking about Ivanka Trump's feminism, or what some might people might call quote-unquote feminism. And I I think this can be a dicey one. I think so many of us were optimistic and excited about the prospect of someone like Ivanka Trump, who in many ways, historically, has had all the you know, underpinnings of a Manhattan liberal yeah. being involved in her father's campaign for president. It was like a bright spot amidst many um not-so-bright ones. But I think there's been an evolution that we've seen. So Bridget and I, we want to talk through that evolution. Yeah. And take us back to the beginning. I mean, in the beginning, I think a lot of smart people, myself included, um, yeah. had a lot of hope for Ivanka. We thought that you know, I think that there is this early narrative that Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump were sort of the like smart, the smart millennials in the White House that like yeah. they were going to be the ones that like, you know, save us, Ivanka, save us yeah. and like, you know, temper their father's administration with a little bit of common sense and a little bit of, you know, um, savviness. And I think that. And I mean, she clearly has her father's respect. Correct. And like, in a way that many women do not. People, I think that like that's something that in a lot of the research that I found for this episode, that like it's commonplace apparently for Ivanka to be in a meeting with White House officials and be like, I need five minutes alone with my father. And like, she has serious power in the White House. And Trump is not someone who is like historically takes, um, criticism and like it's, it's difficult to change his mind I guess is what I'm saying and she clearly has the ability to like she has his ear she has his ear in yeah. a way that I think a lot of White House officials do not yeah and I think that's historically been true and she's been going to the mat for him her whole life right she's been like defending her father on the campaign trail like they've put her up as a prop they've used her strategically to speak to women on behalf of Donald Trump right and for the 50% almost of white women who voted for Trump yeah, it so seems it, to be working it clearly worked um i was actually um at the Republican National Convention when she gave her talk. So I was oh. in the audience. Um, let me tell you, that was a, I could do a whole episode on the weirdness of being a super lefty black woman with natural hair at the RNC. <laughs> oh man. I could do, I could, we could do an episode yeah. on like well-meaning, but like low-key messed up stuff people said to me like what? throughout the entire, like, sir, like. Any highlights? Um, probably some, oh, the, the weirdest thing someone asked me was, are your parents still married? <laughs> and this is a total non sequitur. 
Were you like interviewing? <laughs> no, we were just like sitting at a table. <laughs> oh my god! Good for you, Bridget. Are your Good parents for still you. married? That's um, like a nice. Yeah. So it was a lot of like. Wow. It was a lot of like trying to be complimentary, but actually being like really offensive. Um, I- what do we what do we call that again? Uh, benevolent. Benevolent. Yeah, it was it racism. Was, yeah, it was sexism? it was a it was Jeez. an interesting scene. But, but so I saw her speech her, was revolutionary. Her speech in was revolutionary. Many ways. So I, yeah. I do feel like I need to shout this out. And so like her speech, she did um, lift up a lot of women's issues that had never been talked about um, at the Republican National Convention before or on the Republican um, platform. Right. And so um, I I I do think that like that is something you know worth noting. Whether or not that's going to be a me- like a meaningful investment that the administration makes, I would argue probably not. TBD. I guess TBD. Well, yeah, but I mean, this is part of the reason there was so much hope around her initially. I think so, and I think like in a lot of the research I did, what's so kind of like jumps out at me is how good the, basically all the Trumps are, but particularly Ivanka and Donald are. They're so good at branding, and so if you want to brand yourself as someone who is like a champion for women. Talk about, you know, maternity care and childcare and equal pay on a stage while you're making a flashy speech, but then like do nothing Whatever about the hell it. You want. Yeah, like right. really. And so like. So what is, tell us about her speech. What, so her what did speech, she get into? So she gets into equal pay. So she says, so imagine me as Ivanka Trump. Uh, <laughs> this has been, this has long been the philosophy at the Trump organization. At my father's company, there are more female than male executives. Women are paid equally for the work that we do. And when a woman becomes a mother, she is supported, not shut out. Women represent 46% of the total U.S. labor force, and 40% of the American households have female primary breadwinners. In 2014, women made 83 cents for every dollar that a man made. Single women without children earn 94 cents for each dollar earned by a man, whereas married mothers made only 77 cents. And just to, like, interrupt for a second, the fact that she gets on the stage at the RNC and talks candidly about the existence of a gender pay gap, which many Republicans still think is not a real thing, was pretty... Extraordinary. Some might even call it radical for a Trump. It is. Yeah. I mean, so this is like kudos to her for that. Like, I wouldn't go that. I mean, for I mean, for that branding win. So, like, whether or not it's real, it 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 worked in terms of sort of like like highlighting that as something that she wants to be sort of known for. Right. Um, She goes on and she says. As president, my father will change the labor laws that were put into place at a time where women were not a significant portion of the workforce, and he will focus on making quality childcare affordable and accessible for all. Like what? Yeah, that's I mean, huge. I'm down with that. Yeah. Right? Can we make that happen? We should make that happen. And if that's something that Ivanka Trump is meaningfully invested in doing, then like you know, I can be I can be down for that. Yeah. Um. So then she says, as a mother myself of three young children, I know how hard it is to work while raising a family. <laughs> Pause. She probably doesn't know uh, how hard it is. I mean, I roll. She probably does, but like. Not no, her nanny knows. How yeah, hard like it is. I'm. I'm sure she has a team of people. Like, come on. Um, so she says. Um, well, she checks her privilege here. She goes, and I also know that I'm far more fortunate than most. Um, you think? And again, I'm I, not to like. I, again, I, I I genuinely do think this was like a great thing for her to say. Yeah, but it does like fall into so much of what I feel like Ivanka Trump. Like her blind spots, like there's this famous anecdote that she has around um starting a lemonade stand at the at living right. living at Trump Tower, and she's like, yeah. "Oh, we wanted to have this lemonade stand, but because we lived in like a mansion or whatever, there was no one to buy lemonade. Oh, poor us!" And Aww. so, luckily, the staff was there, and we had our drivers and nurses and nannies and cooks buy lemonade, and it was great. Are you kidding? Um, and it's me? like she fails to see how that. Like, I'm sure she thinks of that as a charming anecdote, right. but like she fails to see how it kind of cements her as, like, someone who is, like, not like us, right? right? Like, not like a nor- not like normal working women. Right. Um, 
Right. So, But I think what she's saying here is does have some merit, right? She goes on to say, American families need relief. Policies that allow women with children to thrive should not be novelties. They should be the norm. I agree with that. Politicians talk about wage equality, but my father has made it a practice at his company throughout his entire career. What she's alluding to without saying explicitly is that her father has a record of treating women equally and fairly and that he believes in workplace policy that would level the playing field. This is some serious Orwellian 1984-esque doublespeak in action. Like, you might call it good branding, but I think what has been so troubling is seeing someone paint this kind of a picture on the RNC stage, and then just a little bit of journalism is required to see how far from reality... That actually is in right. her company. Listen, and I think it's fair to say, like, we probably shouldn't hold her accountable for the way that her father has run his company. Although, to be fair, she's isn't she like part of the blind, not so blind trust that's like running it right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, okay. I, it's, it's, and again, it's the reason why this is confusing and why we're grappling with it is because they've made it purposefully confusing and difficult to sort out. So it's right. like you don't really know like who's running what in terms of their their companies like right. it's not it's like it's by i think it's by design that right. it's like not clear um and so I, I think it's interesting that you bring up her her like lifestyle brand because yeah yeah let's I mean, talk about that let's talk about Shall that we? women who work is what it's called yeah and i had just started bossed up when ivanka trump's women who work campaign came out i cannot tell you how many people sent it to me like it was something i would enjoy they were like check it out you're like totally in the zeitgeist, you know, like Ugh. you and Ivanka. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, is she going to do something substantive to help women who work? Um, the answer was a resounding no from my observations. Um, but what is, what is the, what is her brand all about? What so is her that? brand yeah. is all about sort of supporting working women. And I kind of cannot sort of stress this enough. It's this, it's in this way. And again, like I, I'm not, I, I am mindful of the fact that I'm not trying to tear her down individually because I don't know her, but if she wants to come on the show, I would love to have her. But, you know, you know, when you look at her actual brand, it's this kind of like, yay, girl power, working women are great. Like, you know, it's a celebration of, of a certain kind of working women. And for me, feminism is not feminism if it doesn't kind of lift up women who are not like right. rich white ladies, like, right. Ivanka, like Ivanka Trump is. And it seems like her brand is well, really tailored to a specific kind of woman's experience. And to be fair, she was already making clothing. Right. There's a lot of um, speculation out there that she just launched Women Who Work so that she could capitalize on the popularity of feminism brought on by, you know, at the time, Lean In was the number one selling book. We could talk about Sheryl Sandberg and Ivanka Trump and their commonalities there for and what's interesting is in the research I found, um, she was actually trying to pitch a podcast. Did you did you no come way. across this? I didn't see where that. she would talk to folks like Sheryl Sandberg and other like successful w- female entrepreneurs. Oh, how dare and she? That, I know. <laughs> Just kidding. What a great idea! Actually, <laughs> and uh, that that podcast never never materialized. It's hard to control. The message when you're just riffing with, oh, it, with your ba- gal pals. It is. It totally is. So I feel like that's not that's not tight enough of a medium for her, no. right? Like she might say something. Um, I'm sure the comms shop at the White House like, was like shut no that down. dice. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what I think what I find fascinating is some of the folks who have actually worked on the Women Who Work campaign have reported 
horror stories. And really, it points out this kind of hypocrisy that I think might be inherent in yeah. your brand. So, well, let's let's take a quick break. And before we when we come back, we're going to talk through how all the high hopes that we might have had for Ivanka's ability to be a calming influence on her father or even, dare I say, a feminist influence in the Trump administration has become less and less of uh, a, a hope that you can really hold on to because of all the hypocrisy behind not what Ivanka says, but behind what Ivanka does. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Got to tell you about Best Fiends. It's the game pretty much everybody's talking about. Morgan number two plays it sometimes before we start the show. You know, it really challenges your brain with the fun puzzles, but it's also a very casual game, so it won't stress you out. Which is perfect these days, right? What's great is you can use the game as a way to connect with your friends and your family, all while social distancing. The game is so much more than your average mobile puzzle game. It's five-star rated with over 100 million downloads, thousands of fun levels, and tons of characters to collect. You know, there are new in-game challenges and events every month, so the game's always fresh. You'll never be bored with it. You can even play the game without using Wi-Fi. So, here we go. You don't want to miss out on the game. Join millions of Americans and a lot of us here on the show who are already playing this fun puzzle game. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. Just go over there, hit download Best Fiends for free, Apple App Store or Google Play. That's Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. Check it out. I do think you'll like it. Friends Without the R, Best Fiends. This episode is brought to you by Arches and Halos. Between being on video calls all day, having to wear masks everywhere, and now using our eyes and only our eyes to smile at people, it feels like the main thing people notice now are our eyes. Arches and Halos is our favorite brow products that is so easy to find, pick up, and with a few quick steps, have the most amazing brows ever. They have professional quality products at the perfect price point. Celebrity makeup artists use Arches and Halos because of how well done the formulas are, and they are half the price of department store brands. They have eight color shades to choose from. Everything from sunny blonde to auburn to charcoal. Everyone is represented. They cater to women and men of all brow shapes and sizes. Embrace your natural brow. And they're all about individuality. Brow tools for all looks and style needs. You can use for dramatic or natural look. They have an amazing range of products, too, from tweezers, razors, pencils, pomade, mousses, gels, all kinds of things. Find Arches and Halos on your next trip to Target and Walgreens. Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. And we're back. And we're talking about Ivanka Trump's company or slash lifestyle brand. Uh, and I want to peel the layers back a little bit here. We've heard all the great things she said on the stage at the Republican National Committee. And I was right there, t- you know, tweeting along and cheering along. Uh, and I have to say, as someone who was there, yeah, like, what did it feel like? After, I mean, after, after speech, after speech, after speech of like hateful, awful, terrible stuff being said, yeah. like probably my personal low moment was a um, black Mega church preacher, I remember leading him. a chant of "All Lives Matter." I like turned into a little puff of puff of dust and like blew away into the wind. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, that's a soul. Also, crusher. that was like a scary moment where I was like, "Oh god!" Like, people stood up in the chairs and were shouting "All Lives Matter," and I was like, "Oh, okay, this might get wow. a little dicey." Um, I can yeah. see how Ivanka would be a refreshing alternative. <laughs> so when Ivanka came on You're stage, like, yes, I was like, oh. "Thank God!" Yeah. Like someone who is like not spewing like awfulness. Right. Well, that's the thing, is that what she says sounds really good. But let's look at what happens when you happen to be a woman who works at 
Women who work. The women who work at Women of Work. Women, the women, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> it is a bit of one, but you, you know what we're trying yeah. to say here. So what's, what are the policies that she has at her own company and how does, how does that correlate, relate or not to what she said on the stage there? So one thing to know is that she does not seem to have a great track record of supporting working women at her own organizations and the organizations that she works with. So, um, you know, one of the things that she talked about at the RNC was uh, maternity care. And so Marissa Kraxberger, I think I'm saying that right. If I'm saying that wrong, what I'm sorry, cool Marissa. It is a cool last name. Um, she was a former executive who worked on the Women Who Work campaign. And she's been very vocal about the fact that, like, she found it. She does. She I think that she doesn't call it flat out hypocrisy, but she's like, oh, I find it surprising mm-hmm. that yeah. Ivanka Trump is, like, making sort of gender equality issues her platform, considering what it was like to work there. Um, so it, she was quoted as saying... And this well, is Ivanka, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So she's, so Kraxberger becomes, no, yeah, Kraxberger becomes pregnant while working for Trump, right? Right. And that they, she says, you know, we don't have any ch- maternity care. And that when she asked, um, Ivanka Trump about Believe, it, yeah. uh, she was like, well, you know, I went right back to work after the week after having my kids. So it's just not something I'm used to. And you're just like, but, but, but what? And like, again, I mean, I, what? It's, it's infuriating. And also, I think it really comes back to something I know I've said a million times, but when folks like Marissa Meyer talk about, like, going back to work, right. it's her choice. So I am not shaming her at all for going back to work right. because do what you gotta do. Like, no judgment, no shame. But to pretend that, like, your life is similar to the life of someone who is not mega rich, mega powerful, whatever, and that your choice to go back to work that same week or the week later is on par with the choice of, like, one of your staffs. I, well, I think that's really disingenuous. It's just like, to me, it's just like the the conversation around pro-choice, pro-life, which is pre- there's a difference between making your own choice for your own body and projecting your choice Correct. as the only one that would be right for anyone to ever make about their situation. Correct. So when we say, hey, I went back to work in a week after having delivered my kid because I had a nanny and whatever... Um, or because I'm that devoted to my job, that's fine. But does that mean you have to project your values and your choices on everyone else? Do you think everyone has the same ability to do that or should? Right. And it's like, and I, I, something that, and this maybe sounds a bit strange, but this was something that I feel like was driven home to me when we talked about Serena Williams, you know, being a badass tennis player while pregnant, like, like, to expect that, like, like Serena Williams probably wouldn't be like, oh, well, I could do this while pregnant. Why doesn't everyone else? Right. right. Like, she, she probably, didn't say yeah, that. She, Importantly noted she probably, that she didn't say that. Right. Like, she probably, like, yeah. And it's like the idea that we should be basing. Serena did it, so you should be able to right, do it, Right. Like, too. we shouldn't right. be basing these choices on, like, what some women are able to do right. or not do. Like, this doesn't make sense. So, notably, they did change their policy, right? Like, with the advocacy of the women who work at Women Who Work, they were able to make changes and put in place a policy for two-month paid family leave, which is commendable. Yeah. I think, you know, it's inspiring for women out there who are listening who are pregnant in a small business or a startup environment that just hasn't figured that out yet, hasn't made it a priority. Like, and I think that's common for, like, startup yeah. environments. I mean, you have to push hard. Yeah. And you have very little safety net. Like, they could just say no. But I think this is a model of what individual advocacy can do when there is a lack of a social safety net in right. place to make, you know, collective advocacy a thing. Totally. <laughs> so when we don't have policies in place nationally, it really falls on us as individuals to advocate for what we need personally, which kind of sucks because that's way harder and it requires a lot of privilege. It is hard. Um, but I also love kind of going off of Marissa's point. So she was obviously like was 
surprised that, you know, she was working with Ivanka and didn't get maternity leave. But she also just, like, doesn't seem to be that thrilled about the place where Ivanka took the Women Who Work campaign in general. Like, it sounds like the Women Who Work campaign was something that the people who worked on it were really, really proud of. Passionate and about, that yeah. they kind of thought that Ivanka kind of made the brand all about her. So this is a quote that Kraxberger posted on Facebook. She says... The company and the Women Who Work platform we created was meant to inspire and encourage women to work at all aspects of their lives and live the lives they wanted to live. But before our very eyes, Ivanka took the platform and made it all about herself. And now it's being dragged alongside this man who could potentially be the face of the country. And this was back um, during the campaign. This is why it's really important to actually not be had by companies who are taking whatever they're they're selling and turning it into a feminist revolution. Like you have like there are lots of ways to quote unquote empower women. There are lots of choices you make as a business owner that I've had to make, which is like how much of my personal brand should be central to the bossed up brand. Those are questions that how you answer them reflects your values. And you gotta be make you gotta be really vigilant about not just supporting brands, but also working for companies that share your values. Because it sounds like what happened is this these folks working on women who work were bought into the premise, but the way it was executed diverged from their values that they sh- they thought they shared. Totally. And I, I think that's exactly it, right? That like not every company organization person who sells feminism as like a as like a good thing is really doing it with their with their hearts in the right place and um I love 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 this quote from Michelle Goldberg in Slate as a review of yeah. it's a, it's a really like if you're looking to like for a good read it is a read <laughs> like in the in the sense of the word um she says This book is not about policy or navigating the minefield of male-dominated corporate culture. Much of it is a celebration of the unlimited possibilities open to working women when they have full-time household help. At one point, Ivanka describes how much she valued having a standing Wednesday lunch date with her daughter before she started kindergarten. She came into the office. She prefers my pink Ivanka Trump office to my real estate one, in part because it has a kid's desk that folds out of the wall, complete with treats, toys, colored pencils, and markers, she writes. Of course... Toddlers don't just, quote, swing by the right. office. Someone has to bring them. If you're able to hire that person, you've got a major problem facing most working parents licked. Right. So, again, so, yeah. it's these and, anecdotes. Yeah. Well, and it's what's funny is I've noticed this as an entrepreneur that a lot of brands have become focused on a personal brand. Mm-hmm. And that's what Sheryl Sandberg did with Lean In. Like, there's a limit to your personal narrative being... um applicable to everyone else's narrative and everyone else's story and the sort of public narrative. And we have to be careful about that. But what people want to read is an individual story. So like if you're not checking your privilege when you're writing your own story, which is something that you and I do, Bridget, quite a lot. And it is hard. It's really hard to do. It's easy to fall into those blind spots. But it's important to note that women who work the brand, the lifestyle company, did turn into Ivanka's book, Women right. Who Work, which is what you were just yes, yes, yes. I don't know that about. I made that clear. Yeah, well, I think it's it's good to note because holy mackerel, you got to read the reviews about of this book because it is crazy how um how much people are sort of stomping all over it. Yeah, and it's I mean, a little it's a little egregious. I think in what way? Say more about that. I think it's well. Maybe I'm just sensitive because I'm someone who writes publicly (laughs) and knows what it's like to get things wrong and be trashed for getting them wrong. Um, Not that that happens very often, (laughs) right, babe? But I think think there were rightful 
critiques here, a lot of them, including all the quotes that she took out of context. And the book is basically vapid. And uh, I think that's accurate. What are some of the quotes that were taken out of context for this book? Well, the most important one I thought was just jaw-droppingly uh, ignorant was, wasn't it Toni Morrison's yeah. quote from Beloved? Which is uh, a really important read. I feel I've like read when Toni Morrison wrote Beloved, she had women like Ivanka Trump. I mean, I feel like it's like, those she are the was, kind of women she was writing about. They were about. speaking to each other. Exactly. <laughs> so the quote from Toni Morrison was, bit by bit, she had reclaimed herself. Freeing yourself was one thing. Claiming ownership of that freed self was another. And in that, she's talking about, like, some serious trauma that the main character of Beloved, not to give any spoilers away, (laughs) had, like, recovered from that have a lot to do with uh, indentured servitude and rape. And am I not, like, calling that correctly? Yeah, I mean, like, really horrific things that Toni Morrison's character, and, oh, wait, based on her own life story, had experienced and gone through and it's an amazing read you should pick it up if you haven't read it already but here's the age of pinterest taking quotes out of context as like all about the inspirational quote and i i love a good inspirational quote i hate inspirational quotes they're so good for the internet though i mean they get likes that's the thing they get likes but i'm always like oh brother i know people love our monday motivation stuff more than almost anything we do they love monday motivation tiles anyway however what does she do she equates it with she equates busyness with slavery in the way that she takes that quote out of context. Um, so Morrison's words here, this is a great um, piece in HuffPo by Priscilla Frank, who breaks it down and says, Toni Morrison's words reflect the experience of liberation after being the literal property of another human being. Trump updates the phrase to address the modern dilemma of spending too much time on one's phone. Uh, it's the same thing, am I right? Are you a slave to your time or the master of it, Trump asks, seriously using the words slave and master while quoting Toni Morrison to talk about time management. That is disgusting. So if you are in the personal and professional development space, this is a good example of how to do it wrong. <laughs> and this is what I'm paranoid of myself making a mistake on that front. So this is why I... I I creepily relate to this because when you are in the business of empowerment, you can swing and miss so hard. Sometimes right. you just swing your, like you, you hit yourself in the face with a bat. And this is, this is a this is great a, this example. This is a swing of and a miss. This is a swing and a miss. Yeah. Um, so I really want to talk a little bit about how folks are responding to Ivanka. And I think that we should do that after a quick break from our sponsor. This episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You is brought to you by HelloFresh. Get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun, easy, and affordable. And while we're under a quarantine, I will say HelloFresh has so many recipes. It's been wonderful because it gets me out of my rut and I'm able to try new recipes instead of my same old, same old. And they offer contactless delivery to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family so you don't have to have those stressful meal planning and grocery store trips. Even better, HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients means there's less prep for you and less food waste. So if you're ready to try some of the delicious food from HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash MomStuff80 and use code MomStuff80 to get a total of $80 off, including free shipping on your first box. That's HelloFresh.com slash MomStuff80 and use code MomStuff80 to get a total of $80 off and free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. 
This episode of Stuff I Never Told You is brought to you by Catan. This summer looks a lot different than most. We're staying at home for the most part, and many events we usually look forward to are canceled. We find ourselves looking for new activities to enjoy at home. Catan is a board game for three to four players ages 10 and up, although many younger kids can play with initial adult guidance. It's a great way to keep families engaged and off screens, even if it is just for a little while. And those opportunities are hard to come by. Unlike the roll your dice, move your mice games, this is a little different. What are your experiences? The first time I played Catan was at our office game night, and it was so fun. It was quick to pick up. It was easy. It was social. We made it really competitive because we're a competitive group, but you don't have to. And what I thought was just going to be a, a short game among friends turned into an epic game night that we shall remember forever. <laughs> hours we played, hours. And uh, yes, I lost, but I had fun. You had fun. <laughs> well, obviously it keeps you really social. And like you said, it is really easy to pick up, which is really nice right now. This year is the 25th anniversary of Catan. Get Catan at catanshop.com slash mom. Listeners of the podcast get 10% off the original base game Catan by using the promo code Mom at checkout. Offer not good on other Catan titles or merchandise. So we were just talking about some of the ways that uh, folks have been responding to Ivanka Trump and her, you know, particular brand of feminism. Um, And I think it's interesting because I always feel like women are smart. Women are savvy. Women know when someone is like faking the feminist funk, right? Like you can't fake feminist bona fides. You can brand yourself all you want, but people know. And so I think that that's one of the reasons why you see women responding to her in such a visceral, negative way. Mm. Um, I find it really funny that... The uh, book especially. The book book really became like a symbol of hate for Ivanka. And I I hate to use that word because it's a strong one, but people I think are... Women are frustrated, understandably. Women are under attack, as we've discussed many times on this podcast. And it's an easy way to sort of express your anger and frustration via this book. So what are we seeing people on Instagram do? People on Instagram and on Twitter are taking pictures of her books. I can't imagine that this is actually, like, where the book has been placed at bookstores. But, like, it'll be a picture of her book placed at a Barnes & Noble next to, like, the book Trust Me, I'm Lying or a book on, like, famous political cover-ups and scandals. Um, And so it's like... Clearly, people are are gleefully, you know, posting these pictures. And again, I mean, like, I think the reason why you see why you've seen her her book launch and her, you know, campaigns really be hijacked by people who don't like her and are using her own her own campaign to express that frustration. It's because people are responding to the fact that, like, it she's she's it, her her brand comes off as very hypocritical. And for me, I was sort of like, well, duh. Like, are we surprised by this? I remember being momentarily optimistic back in 2013 when Women Who Work first came out. They put out a really beautiful video with a bunch of female entrepreneurs, some of whom I really admire, who I wonder right now if they regret sort of making a cameo in Ivanka Trump's Women Who Work campaign. But, you know, women whose businesses I certainly admire. I was, like, very quickly disillusioned when she started hawking $300 or $150 bracelets and said, this is what feminism is. You know what I mean? Like, duh, of course this is going to be hypocritical, disappointing, and vapid. What else did you expect? So were you surprised by the outright anger that people are showing on social media? No, I mean, I think it's interesting how... um Ivanka has kind of become a symbol of that anger. Like she that, like, has. you know, um, yeah. like here in DC, this is something that's been happening that's kind of interesting is folks have been taking to gathering on the lawns or in the neighborhood yeah. of like Trump administration officials. And so she was a target of one of those where, um, 
a lot of queer activists in D.C. went to her actual house and, yeah. like, had a big queer dance party on her I front lawn. I saw that. Um, that was hilarious, Yeah. Actually. Also, it spawned, I think, the best meme of the all neighbor. time. The neighbor yeah. wearing her fur and drinking a glass of wine and <laughs> yeah. just looking, like, very much like, mm-mm. Like, oh, man. shout out to that lady. If, you, if you're listening, please come we on the show. You. Friend of the show, like, please come on. Well, it's also, I mean, here's the thing, is that I do have one issue with making Ivanka a target in this way. And Lord knows I have been very clear about my feelings about her. But why do we hold Ivanka to a higher standard than all the dudes who have power in the administration? The reason is we we expect more from her. Right. Because she's, first of all, been public about making women's issues her priority and then hasn't. But like... We don't give as much grief to Steve Bannon, who clearly is like not going to be a champion for women's issues. Right, in the White and never, House. It never, never was. Right. So really, it's just expectations not meeting reality. I think that's a good point. I mean, I, I also think it like I have been very clear on the show about sort of the attacks, the, the the blatant attacks the Trump administration has taken against women, um, working women, poor women, women globally, right. all the women, right? Like, and I part of me is like, is it fair to bla- hold Ivanka accountable? for the policy and legislative decisions of the entire Trump administration, whether or not those are issues that, like, she worked on. Mm. Because, like, I'm, I couldn't tell you if she worked on well, the Obamacare repeal bill, but, like, that bill hurts women. And so it's like, exactly. where do we draw the line of, like, should is it fair to hold her accountable in a way that's like, hey, you know, you said that you you got on a stage and promised to be a champion of women, and yet you're, you let this administration, pat like, you know, put out legislation that endangers women, so which is it? Right. And that, to me, is the big question that I'm left asking after looking into all this stuff, especially, which is, who is Ivanka working on behalf of? Okay, Mm. she has a very unclear, unprecedented role in the West Wing, right? There were conversations around her replacing Melania as the the first woman, or what what is it called? First lady. (laughs) That's the one. As Flotus. But she's like the first daughter. Fodotus? I don't like that. But, I don't like it either. <laughs> but maybe it's fitting. So the question is, and I think New York Magazine had a really great, um, incisive Instagram post most recently that depicted her as Rosie the Riveter, which I found very interesting. Because when I think about Rosie the Riveter, again, I just I think about Ivanka Trump, right? So common. And in it, they ask like, who is the who is America's first princess working for? Right? They say. She continually tells people that she's still, quote, learning how Washington works. But this isn't seventh grade civics. It's the West Wing of the White House where she seems to have some incalculable amount of power. And we're protecting the Trump brand and her father's legacy, which will surely affect in turn the value of the Trump brand in future decades, seems as important to her as working in the nation's service. I could not agree more. So she's there as a brand professional, yeah. working to make sure that the brand value and the equity of her company, which is her father's company, right. retains its value, which, by the way, they're having some trouble there, but that's a different yeah. episode. So this is not what governing is. No, This is not what governance looks like. What's so interesting about that is that when she, that, that very same thing came up at Ivanka's very first, like, international event representing right. America. And, you know, she was very much grilled in Berlin at this, at this summit alongside Angela Merkel. And, you know, they were like, so what's your role? Like, first daughter, like, what is that? And she gave that same line of like, well, I'm still sort of figuring out what that means. Like, like, I'll figure oh, it out. That, like, chuckle, demure smile. Yeah. And what's funny is that 
people were it's not endearing. Not, it's not endearing, and people were so not did did not find that endearing in such a big way that they booed, booed her and yeah. kissed her. Whew. And it's like, yeah, people know when you're when you're not authentic, and like. Sorry, homie, but it sounds like you're not authentic and people are responding to that. Yeah. I love this article in New York Magazine. She says, they end um, with, and so at this moment, Ivanka Trump is quivering on the precipice of two related but distinct identities. On the one hand, she's rapidly crossing the border that separates simple fame from its platinum club. She's on the verge of becoming an international lifestyle celebrity of an order not seen since the high days of Princess Diana. She regularly shares the photogenic details of her, quote, curated life, curated being an important word to her, along with connectivity, her beautiful children and attractive husband on rich display in the beautiful houses in which they spend their time. So she's like expanding her personal global brand right now. On the backs of hardworking American women. Right. But on the other hand, this sort of role that they're comparing her to in this article is saying she's becoming something she has never been in her life. Deeply, personally, and venomously loathed. Oh, I love... I mean... It's true. There are these articles in local DC presses about, like, protesters, you know, getting in her face while she's, like, getting a blowout. And, like, at Soul Cycle around DC, yeah. right? Like, and at Starbucks. Like, yeah. people are projecting all their hate on her. And I, I get where that's coming from, but it's like... That's that's what she's gonna get. First but, of all, that's I what mean, you get when you're this big of a head. I, I I I feel you. Like I I'm sensing in what you're saying is that like part of it is like oh wow like people viscerally hate her and I I definitely like part of me feels for her. But another part of me says this. Right. She made a choice. She could have very easily said, you know, I love my dad. I support what he's doing. Like she didn't have to get herself so involved. Like like t- Tiffany. Tiffany Trump's not do- is no. not like out there. Yeah, we've got uh, there's a mo- deeper story that I spent a lot of time on the web like googling <laughs> behind Tiffany Trump. Oh lord, that's another episode. That's a TBD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Tiffany, I, come on a show. Yeah. We would love to have we you. She's, would love she's to have you. going to Georgetown Law. Oh, yeah, that's so right. She's going to be, in town. She's gonna, we might see her around. I think she's pretty cool. We should show, we should show her the DC sites. Yeah, we should. <laughs> so anybody who knows Tiffany, give her a holler for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I always remind myself that she didn't have to embed herself in her father's her administration. Husband. Yeah, like she, she made a choice. And, you know, I, I'm someone who like, if you're the child, like a friend of mine is a, is the, the grandchild of a very well-known Republican politician. And, you know, it's like, you don't like I don't think that the grown children of politicians should be, you know, dragged dragged right. into this. But if you make the choice to to enter it, you get what you get. And like this is mm-hmm. part of it and like I feel for her, but like y- mm-hmm. you made the choice and like you gotta, you gotta well, deal with I, it. We're watching Ivanka. I think the big question here is what will you do? Will you live up to the the campaign stuff that was floated there for an unprecedented like statement around Republicans actually caring about working women? Will women who work actually end up liking you, Ivanka? The options are yours, right? The, the You have unprecedented power. You have unprecedented access. So what are you going to do with that? Yeah, and like, like I want to know, where will Ivanka Trump be putting her social and political capital? And honestly, like, I am someone who, like, if Ivanka Trump turned it all around, I would be like, get it, girl. Like, yeah. I, would, I would be on her side. Like, I, I would, yeah. And so I think that she should really use this as a challenge right. to... To do that. So far, I'm jaded and disappointed. Yeah, honestly, I just want to know what y'all think about Ivanka Trump. I'm very curious. I mean, yeah. I know she's a divisive figure, and like, maybe y'all like her. Like, I used to kind of like her before. Yeah, yeah like, I, I loved her on when she would be on Shark Tank. Um, Ooh, I miss that. Yeah, she it was Shark Tank, right? I don't know. Probs. Yeah. 
I mean, um, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I had a couple of pairs of her shoes. I used to like her. So I'm really curious what y'all think about Ivanka Trump. Yeah. So please let us know. You can hit us up on Instagram at Stuff Mom Ever Told You. you Send can, us your Ivanka Trump book pa- yeah, photos there. Yeah, or if you have, if you ha- yeah, I want to see all <laughs> the pictures. Us. Tag us. Um, you can tweet at us at Mom Stuff Podcast or hit us up on email, old-fashioned style, momstuff at howstuffworks.com. Hi, I'm Allie Wentworth. How do I grow a teenager in a pandemic? Well, that's exactly what I want to find out. In my new podcast, Go Ask Allie, I'm asking experts to help me answer that question. For example, are quarantine teenage girls more apt to Instagram nude photos? Are they somehow going to end up on the dark web? Are teenagers getting ripped off by their new virtual education? And how do we deal with their overwhelming anxiety and uncertainty? And are they losing empathy? I'll be talking to experts and friends like my friend Brooke Shields. She'll reveal how her complicated sexual upbringing has influenced how she is as a mother to teenage girls. It's a new world, and how we raise these young humans in it determine our future. So let's share some real experiences with all new episodes releasing every other Thursday. Listen to Go Ask Allie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality, at our inability to get basic things done, at the persistence of systemic racism? You're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.